2: It's another episode of Sports Yak Podcast. Who types this stuff?
3: Just run it, hit play, hear it, get it done with.
2: I'm Jim Shorts. I'm an
3: icon. The class of 2019 Indiana sports writer and sportscaster's Hall of Famer Chuck Freeby and the other butt monkey. Who cares? Hit the subscribe button. I'd hate to miss a second of this junk.
1: Sports Yet,
3: the
2: podcast. Now that's good. Now turn it off. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that promises it's just our allergies acting up. It's Sif Pop. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I'm your host Aaron Dicer and he's my Dress to the Nines co-host who puts me on cloud nine, Andrew Ormsby. I'm wearing a Bill and Ted t-shirt. And each week we'll <laughs> chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe he's on our minds. Be excellent to each other. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's How you a, doing, I man?
2: I think that's a good good life philosophy. It is to be yeah. excellent to each other.
3: Although I don't think that wearing this in like some old jeans is Dressing to the Nines. Well,
2: you know, I wrote this before I knew what you were going to be wearing. Yeah. And Andrew, I just assumed you'd come in a suit like you usually do, but here you are in a t-shirt. Sorry to let you down, bud. Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm
3: good. I'm good. Good. I'm taking a a quote-unquote lunch break from work, so after I'm done here, I'm going back. Wow. (laughs) Are you serious? Recording the
2: podcast on a lunch break. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. Well, thanks, man. That's awesome. Oh, it's fine. That's what we call Commitment. You know commitment is you, you got a migraine, you said so. uh it's I don't think it's a migraine. I don't usually get migraines, I just have a really bad headache, but uh, I only get migraines, yeah, yeah, it goes from
3: like no zero
2: to sixty, yeah zero now to I got migraine? something in my eyes, so yeah. Migraine?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like a you know the room starts spinning, bright lights, all wow. that stuff, nauseous, yeah,
2: wow, I'm I don't, glad I don't, I don't have
3: that yeah i'm I don't get regular headaches, I hear they're preferable <laughs> you preferential know, to a, a
2: there, migraine there's gotta be a, a version of a show out there a podcast out there that's just two old guys talking about their ailments yeah. we're close we're getting really close <laughs> yeah
3: um i thought uh, about do i thought about doing the the stem cell injection you ever think about doing that ever no
2: no no Nope. i have never thought about doing a stem cell injection oh man you should look into it it's pretty fun should i should yeah. i just look into it yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, it's
3: exciting stuff, man. Will, will my primary do that? Is that how it gets? Yeah, covered? is that
2: is that covered? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> okay, I'll look into it. Just you, just so next week I can, it, I can more be more educated.
1: Aaron's more interested in the bionic capabilities. Yeah, oh yeah, if you yeah. Want to put so robot he, parts in me.
2: That's fine.
3: He's wanting you know he's wanting to wear down you know and break down so he that's can right. replace everything. Whereas I want to get injections to where it rejuvenates my bones and my joints and stuff to what they used to be when i
2: was 20 well that that does not exist that literally th- that's what stem cells does j- not exist now you're going to make me do research <laughs> yes so that i can so that i can uh, come on next week and, and say and tell you how silly it is to think you could inject stem cells into yourself and have the joints and body of a 20 year old if that existed <laughs> it'd be like the fountain of youth this is not a thing that exists stem cell therapy (laughs) (laughs) yes internet please tell me truths
3: all right let's let's, i want
2: people in the chat let's have a debate let's have a debate next week we'll have a debate next week
3: stem cell injections rejuvenative medical therapy oh
2: yeah what what else is it near what do you mean like what other kind of medicines (laughs) is it near
3: I'm confused by what you mean. <laughs> All
2: right, let's talk uh, about, about it next this? week. I have no research. I've never done any research Mayo on Mayo
3: Clinic, is that good enough for you there, Sonny?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would love to see what Mayo Clinic has to say about it. Okay. Uh, all right, uh, we're going to get into the show and chat a little bit about movies, because that's what we do here, not our ailments. Uh, we talk about our filmaments. I don't even know if that's a thing.
3: Or our cinephilia.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is a condition. We've got a couple movies, uh, Zombieland Double Tap and Maleficent Mistress of Evil. We're going to do a couple sequels today, and then our Best Ever Challenge, also dealing with sequels, yeah. uh, sequels with a long gap. And of course, we've got some Buried Treasure as well. But let's kick it off with some Do We Care. They have received-
3: Single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss, and we must decide: do we care or not? Number one, Scorsese doubles down on his Marvel theme park remarks. This time, adding that all of the move, all of the films are the same. Meanwhile, be sure to check out his new film about mobsters starring De Niro and Joe Pesci. (laughs) (laughs) And Coppola joining in, too. I was going to say. But... We're not going to be talking about Scorsese at all because Francis Ford Coppola has thrown his hat in the ring and he says, Marvel movies are despicable. (laughs) Full quote. (laughs) When Martin Scorsese says that the Marvel pictures are not cinema, he's right because we expect to learn something from cinema. We expect to gain something, some enlightenment, some knowledge, some inspiration. Mm -hmm. I don't know that anyone gets anything out of the same movie over and over again. Martin was kind when he said it's not cinema. He didn't say it's despicable because that's what it is. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Bring it on, FFC! Yeah, seriously. Hey, I got an idea for you, FFC. How about you make a good movie within the past 30 years?
2: <laughs> wow, you're taking it personally. I am taking I, it personally. i say the same thing I said last night. don't blame him. I don't blame him. You get old, you, you forget <laughs> about evolution, you forget about how things change. Oh, it's like you, you literally meant you forget about evolution and you're like, no, 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 no. get off
3: my lawn.
2: I, I, <laughs> I was just, I was actually just thinking about this yesterday when the Francis Ford Coppola news broke and I just think the the, the history of man is just littered with people thinking change is bad. Is always bad, and it could yeah. be technology. It could be you know, it could be high frame rate. It could be you know, whatever it might be. Uh, and it's just we're we're kind of geared that way. When Francis Ford Coppola says we want to learn something and feel something from our movies, he's not experiencing Marvel movies in the same way we are. Yeah. I highly doubt he's experienced much of any of them if he feels yeah. that way, right? And if he has, <laughs> he's certainly not. Doing it from our perspective, right? Yeah. So it's just a limited perspective, and in the same way that I, you know, don't. I, in the same way that I give him grace for feeling the way he feels, I give Marvel fanboys grace for, you know, feeling the way they feel about the movies yeah. they think are ridiculous and don't belong. I, you know, it's. I like to be open to, uh, you know, change. I I'm yeah. weird that way. I love. Change. I love the next thing. I get really excited about it. So. Yeah. So I highly
3: me. recommend that everybody goes and watches Apocalypse Now and The Godfather movies because they are inspiring and enlightening. Yes, yeah, they are. That's what you need out of cinema: inspiring um, and enlightening movies. Also, like Apocalypse I guess Man. I can.
2: I guess I. I guess I can. Full Metal Jacket, one of the most
3: inspiring and enlightening movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, you, I think you're making fun. I am but... making fun, but honestly, he's one of my favorite directors. I mean,
2: if I, you, maybe if you're taking uh, inspiring to mean a certain kind of inspiration, but. But enlightening for sure. Like, I wouldn't argue that. I think those movies are very enlightening. Yeah. Um, You know. I'm poking.
3: I'm just making fun. Right. Yeah,
2: exactly. But I guess this is the time to uh, break uh, the news as to why else I won't be making fun of Martin Scorsese. Uh, I've been invited out to uh, Los Angeles to hang out with uh, Scorsese this Uh, week. Oh, snap. So, yeah, with De Niro and Scorsese at the uh, premiere of The Irishman in Los Angeles. uh, I've got some
3: some Marvel shirts if you want to wear them.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. That would be great. Right. That would be so amazing. <laughs> it would be, but see, the thing is, it would be seen as trolly, you know, like, it, because nobody knows, nobody's going to know my heart. My heart wouldn't be to be like that, but they would think it was like that. So, it is uh, I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, it is trolly, but it's,
3: it's a, uh, what do you, it's not like uh, diminutive or like
2: mean trolling. It's right. uh, like light spirited, you know, like, yeah, you know? <laughs> I'm, yeah, it could be. Yeah. It just depends on how it's taken. Yeah. Anyways, I'm excited, because uh, we'll actually, on the show next week, uh, I'll be able to chat a little bit about my experience, and and uh, a little bit about The Irishman, and uh, I think we'll have like a Netflix week, because we'll probably review The Laundromat next week. Yeah. So, it's going to be fun. So, fun times. Yeah, it'll be good times. All right, go on to number two. Number two. Yeah. Zoe
3: Kravitz. We're switching from Marvel to DC here. Zoe Kravitz has been cast as Selina Kyle in Robert Pattinson's The Batman. Also... Jonah Hill is out, and Paul Dano is in as the Riddler. <coughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Bad time to have saliva go down the wrong throat. That is going to be my Darwin Award right there, dying yeah. by choking on your own saliva. Um, it's going to be a different – this is going to be uh, New Earth, I, I found out, because he's not Edward Nigma in this one. He's Edward – Oh, man, I'm having a brain fart. In New Earth, like mm-hmm. DC, like they have different names and stuff. So he changes his name from Edward, I think, Zoran to Edward Nygma or something like that. Okay. But, yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm glad to see that we are, you know, getting some pretty fun people. I think Paul Dano is going to be a superb Riddler.
2: Uh, it sounds like things are coming together well. I saw they set uh, Giacchino as the composer as well, and I'm always down for some uh some of his work he's incredible so yeah. yeah it sounds like they're putting a good team together matt reeves has done good work so
3: i like matt reeves a lot we'll see how it goes i want andy circus in this movie somewhere just somewhere
2: we'll see if we can make that happen yeah. for you
3: Ooh, andy circus at the penguin that'd be good yeah yeah or andy circus is uh solomon grundy yeah mm-hmm. i'm getting a nod from phil over here <laughs> all right Number three? Yes, number three. Going back to Marvel, except it's Sony Marvel this time. Venom 2 adds Shriek, who is Cletus Cletus Cassidy's quote-unquote love interest in the studio, and they have Naomi Harris eyed it for the role. Okay. For those of you who don't know, when I say love interest, I'm talking she's pretty much Harley Quinn to Carnage's Joker, whereas Joker and Carnage don't really feel anything for... You know, Shriek and is Harley Quinn. Carnage
2: Quimbit. the uh, Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson, yeah, character. Okay, who is? It was like in the post credit scene or whatever. The really bad post credit scene.
3: Yeah, where yeah. it was just so blatantly like, when I get out, there's gonna be carnage.
2: You know, and <laughs> that's I'm like, right. Oh. Yeah, they couldn't. They, had, they couldn't just a have roll a roll credits moment for the next movie. Yeah, that's, really. That's they, how bad it was. They
3: couldn't just have him like walk in. You know, just go, hello, Cletus. And right. That would have been that would have been so much better, yeah. you know. But uh, no, they had to really have that bad uh, Bob Ross wig on Woody Harrelson. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm excited because Shriek is an inter- interesting character.
2: Yeah. Yep. Again, it's wait and see. We'll see how things go. But uh, you know, they're they're doing their best putting it together for us their best is not up to Scorsese and Coppola standards though. <laughs> that's right. so
3: get w- it together
2: I want to see Scorsese's Venom
3: you notice how they didn't say that DC movies aren't bad
2: Well, so they're
3: looking at <laughs> Suicide Squad and yeah. Justice League that's going right. guys that's how you make a movie that's inspirational right there yeah. that's
2: enlightening yeah. that's what that is right there I mean Suicide Squad won an Oscar <laughs> <laughs> sure did all right, it absolutely did. So that's gonna wrap it up for Do We Care. All right, let's uh, let's review a couple movies. Okay, uh, let's kick it off with some Zombie Land Double Tap.
1: Welcome to Zombie Land.
3: Life is about more than just survival. We were a family, dysfunctional, sure, but what family isn't? Merry Christmas. What would you like, little girl?
0: I'd really like
1: for you to stop calling me little girl. It felt so good to be on the move again. Whoa! Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Columbus. Madison. This is Tallahassee. Hey, Paul Blart. Is this your dad? <laughs> oh, Whoopsie, I forgot the seatbelt rule. Oh, so she knows the rules?
2: I told her just a few of them.
1: 73, and are there more? You're cute. I like it. <laughs>
2: Zombieland Slayers, Zombie Slayers, I should say, Tallahassee, Columbus, Wichita, and Little Rock, and every other city, square off against the newly evolved undead. And it is a simple description for a simple movie. Uh, what did you think of Zombieland Double Tap? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was it just okay? I really liked it. Close, of liked close it.
3: to loved it, but Very just nice. really Good. liked it.
2: Good. I can't, I can't wait to hear you talk about this utterly boring movie. What?
3: Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Thank I'm God. on the low side of liked it, but I did like it. Okay. I, did, I did have a good time. It's kind of one of those movies where I, I'm watching it, I'm smiling, I'm enjoying the characters, the repertoire, some of the lines, and at the same time my brain is going you know, this script is trash. There's nothing going on here. You know, it's kind of one of those experiences where it's like, you're aware the movie itself isn't that great, like tech, like on a technical level. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm smiling, you know? So that's why I would say low side of liked it.
3: On a technical level, I think you mean more along the lines of like, the script is really basic. Because like the technical aspects, like, you know, the Well, technical and
2: technological are two different (laughs) words, but yeah.
3: But I think, you know, technological. Yeah. There's some impressive stuff going on. I love the the uh, effects and stuff. Yeah. The effects. I love the, uh, the uh, the scrolling like di- like text and stuff how it pops up and moves around you know mm-hmm. what what they did in the first one you know yes and I what, love that what
2: yeah. what they did in the first one is going to come a lo- up a lot in this uh, and the film is very aware of it but it yeah. doesn't forgive it in my opinion this movie suffers to me in the same way that Deadpool 2 did uh, in fact I had a very similar feeling watching Deadpool 2 as I did watching Zombieland well, you 2 you know
3: why don't you
2: because it's meta and it's the it's same the, people and it's the same as the first one, and yeah. well, it's the same people. No, Woody Harrelson wasn't in Deadpool. No, like
3: the <laughs> the producers and writers are the same ones. Are they? I think so. Yeah.
2: Okay. See, I didn't know that. Yeah.
3: So that's why you felt like Deadpool. Well, no, I didn't mean
2: <laughs> I didn't mean it. Did I didn't mean it felt like Deadpool in that way. I meant the sequel part of it felt like the sequel part of Deadpool. And there are other movies that have dealt with that issue as well, where it's like. Okay, but what what new are you going to do for me? And it doesn't really go into to any kind of interesting new places uh, as far as like expanding what's going on, yep. in my opinion. Ret
3: Reese, the reason why it took um, them so long to make this sequel is because the Deadpool movies got greenlit, mm-hmm. so they were wanting to do Zombieland for a long time. I remember, and uh, but Deadpool became a thing and. I think Jesse Asmer just went on a talk show and he says he resents Deadpool because it made him take so long to do the sequel. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. That's but uh, funny. it's finally here, and we can talk about it now. Yeah. So
2: tell me what some of the reasons you really liked
3: it. They introduce a new character in this movie named Madison, who I think is one of the funniest characters. Zoe the entire... Deutsch. She is hilarious. Yep. Like everything about that character. If you, you just... look up
2: uh, "scene stealer" in the dictionary, there's a picture of Zoe Deutsch really? in, in, in this role <laughs> right next to it. Uh, yeah. She's she's incredible in this movie.
3: Yeah. I mean, that valley girl, like,
2: how have you survived this entire time? And it seems like such a trope that would be hard to bring anything fresh to. Yeah. But she kind of does. Like, it's, it's really interesting because... She almost has an intelligence to her naivete yeah. that is fascinating because when this trope has been done in the past, like when I was growing up, or you know, even you know, as late as the early two thousands, if you were to do this kind of dumb blonde Valley trope, Girl, quote yeah. unquote, you know, idea, um, it just became passe because it was it was really I'm, offensive is too strong of a word, but it, but it just became really. Um, Harsh, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah. there's no no brain cells there. But there's a real interesting if not actual intelligence to her, an emotional intelligence to her that is fascinating to me. She's just affable. Nothing yes. gets her down. Yeah, exactly. She, and there's I think, an optimism to it. Yeah, and yeah. um,
3: I think that's what's really forgive the pun, infectious about that character's (laughs) role, you know, is the fact that she could be, like, walking through an entire, like, horde of zombies, you know, with everybody, you know, just blowing them to smithereens and she just, like, oh, this isn't fun, you know, she just has that nothing's gonna get her down attitude. And, uh, i got a pretty fun anecdote about uh this character whenever we get to spoilers oh okay because uh let's just say uh i left to go to the restroom uh midway through the movie and when i came back it was interesting <laughs> does that give it away
2: <laughs> yes yeah yeah so uh, yeah um, you probably got some questions yeah well did you get them answered i got them answered okay yeah good, good. <laughs> but
3: um I may have hinted at the answers already in this episode. Exactly, yeah. But I love her so much. And the fact that she plays so well off of everybody else. And I think that's really where this character um, is different in in the way you were talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of just harshness. Because I think if you look at the old movies of the day, The Dumb Blonde, they didn't play off of the main character. They were just there. Whereas she actually serves a purpose, you know? She's a. Dividing factor between Emma Stone and, uh, I almost said Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. <laughs> but a Jesse Eisenberg. Um, so you have, you know, Stone and Eisenberg with this hilarious dividing element. And that's just not even including, you know, the amazing cast. Let's just say that the entire yeah. cast of this movie is hilarious.
2: Yeah. I, I was impressed that they could do 2019 quote unquote dits character yeah and not make it offensive you know not not make it uh that way i i was i was impressed with it so yeah you know, good on her yep what else do you like um i like the metaness uh i i, I it's it's really interesting because the ne- the meta needle buries itself a little bit t- too deep for me a couple times mm-hmm. and then other times it's just perfect it's like you know right mm-hmm. in balance and i'm just i'm enjoying kind of the, the movie winking at itself uh, so when it does that well, I'm really having a good time. There's uh, you know, a primary example of some mirroring that's going on with some of the characters yeah. uh, partway through the movie that I think when that's working, and it didn't work for all of it for me, but for most of it, when it's working, I, I thought that was clever and fun and, and interesting. And I think the, uh, the way, the people they got to play those characters, those kind of things were, were really great. So yeah. yeah, I thought that was good.
3: Um, what else did I really like? Like I said, the effects are great. Um, I'll throw out a con, I guess. Uh, they introduce an element, and I hope this isn't spoilerish. so forgive me. But they say, like, you know, since so much time has passed, zombies are beginning to evolve, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Is it cool if I talk about this, or do you think hold off on it
2: no I think you're good Okay, I think you're good i, I honestly yeah. coming into this wasn't uh wasn't sure what kind of spoilers we would do cause yeah. there's not I don't know there's not a lot of huge story movement going on that would be too spoilery but yeah
3: but um they they introduce this element that zombies have evolved mm-hmm. and they go through the um the whole rigmarole of the different types of zombies yeah but then they don't even use like half barely, of the zombies
2: so I'm like barely we, yeah it's, it seemed like wasted mm-hmm. energy. Yeah, wasted world building. In uh, yeah. and, and when you waste world building, it's almost worse than not doing any world building at all yeah. because you build an expectation of, oh, we've introduced these new parts of the world. How yeah. is that going to play into the story? And the- it kind of-ish did a couple times, but not really. It yeah. didn't really have an impact. And that, that goes to the overall feel I had, which is kind of why I'm on the low side of liked it. It just feels like the movie... Didn't do much, you know, with its with its good cast, with its good humor, with the, a lot of the fun we had. It just was like, I don't know. It didn't feel. How would Francis Ford Coppola say it? it didn't feel. <laughs> it was inspiring or inspiring. Yeah, uh, let's just say.
3: Yeah, um, I think that. While I think the whole cast is great, I do think that Abigail Breslin was just kind of phoning it in. Yeah, I didn't really get much from that character. Yeah, Whereas, you know, you look at Woody Harrelson, who's just going all out in this role, because I think this was a role that was designed for him. Mm -hmm. And you can tell he's having the time of his life with this character. I do like the... uh, there is a bit of character development with his character as, as far as, like, a paternal element to him now for Abigail Breslin. Like, he feels like he's a, quote, a surrogate father, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like that element. It's really interesting. I wouldn't have expected them to go that route, but I'm glad they did. Made for an interesting movie and actually just kind of a – it made sense because as much as we know about the character and how much he wants to be a loner, mm-hmm. but if he feels, you know, a connection to somebody, he's – it's going to be a good driving force for the movie, so I think they did good there.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. I I would say the other thing that uh, I was tired of was the, I think the rule thing got old pretty quick. I I like in the first one it felt clever and new and interesting, and in this one. I would say 60% or even maybe 70% of any rule mentions were just mentions of rules in the first one, yeah. but a little bit different. And it's yeah. like, if we're going to keep doing this rule thing, you say you've got however many 70- of them, 73 of them. Do, you know, show the rest of the rules. Yeah, show some of the rest of the rules. And yeah. there, I think there were a couple. But yeah. again, 60, 70% was just reliving the rules from the first one, I'm which right really, when you. you think about it, they don't really make much sense. Okay. Um, but again, they kind of make fun of themselves. Yeah in you know part of the movie mm-hmm. and in those moments i'm going okay i see what you're doing winking at yourself but you know yeah at, at some point you know i want you to do more than just wink at yourself i want you you know i want i want you to experiment do something cool do something new and yeah. uh, i don't know it just didn't feel like it necessarily went as far, It it didn't go to anywhere that i was engaged in any new kind of way yeah with this universe
3: um my last thing is there is a mid-credit scene Mm -hmm. and a post-credit scene yes you can stay for the mid-credit scene i really recommend it but you don't have to stay for the post-credit scene
2: the mid-credit scene is is, fun is really i mean it's out there (laughs) in a good (laughs) way it's i think that is to be determined by your perspective on it. i I thought it was fun i thought it was a lot of fun but i can see it being a little too much for a lot of people, so, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot. It yeah. is definitely a lot. Uh, you ready to move on? Yep. All right, we've got two sequels to talk about this week. So let's talk about Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Philip asked me to marry him. No, I wasn't really asking. Nor was I. Love doesn't always end well, Beastie. Trust me, let us prove you wrong. You have done an admirable job going against your own nature to raise this child. But now, she will finally get the love of a real mother.
3: Tonight, I consider Aurora my
1: own.
2: Maleficent encounters a conniving queen who hatches a devious plot to destroy the land's fairies. Hoping to stop her, Maleficent joins forces with a seasoned warrior and a group of outcasts to battle the queen and her powerful army. Uh, now, just a little bit of background. Uh, Andrew has not seen any Maleficent movies besides the <coughs> animated Sleeping Beauty. Movie. Besides animated Sleeping <laughs> Beauty, so you didn't see the first one, and you did not get a chance to see this one. Yeah. So I saw it. Phil, did you get a chance to see this? No. So I'm the only one in the room who has seen this. Yeah. So I get to proclaim whether or not this movie is good or not. Uh, and as far as like, love, loved, hate hated, or it was just okay, I really liked it. Really, like, yeah, like, very close yeah. to loved this movie. Uh, did not th- expect this. I know, and it's why I'm disappointed that you did. Because I, I was, I, I needed you to br- talk me down. <laughs> like I needed you to bring me back to reality and say, Aaron, come on, man. Uh, and maybe somebody else will fill that role in my life. But I I, I didn't think... Aaron, come on, man. <laughs> I, I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. You haven't seen it. I don't believe you. Uh, so, it, it, but the other part, the other thing that could happen, if you do see this, mm-hmm. is you're like, no, actually, it is really good. And then I get to feel really happy. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I it, will see it. It it's is... Just- I think it's better than the first one, and I thought the first one was okay, um, uh, on the high side of okay. But there is something about this one that is so meaningful. The The plot in this is something where they it, it really takes a look at, at what it means to uh, create division instead of unity. Uh, amongst people, you want to hate each other for your own, you know, benefit. Uh, something in our world we've seen many, many times. You know, with different leaders who want to create division uh, in order to uh, propel themselves. In the no mo- idea who you talking yeah, about? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I'm not just talking about one person. I think there's one person <laughs> no. coming to a lot of minds, but I'm not just talking about that one person because it, it is one of those things that that leaders can do uh, to rile up their people who you know are on quote unquote their side. Uh, and this movie deals with it in a very interesting way, in a very meaningful way. And I came into this not expecting much. I expected it to be well done because it's Disney. Um, I expected it to be uh, you know, um, well performed, but just kind of to feel like the first one felt. And there's a moment. Maybe about 20 minutes into the movie, after we've kind of reset the stage and kind of seen the people we love and have this huge tracking, sweeping, all, pretty much all CGI shot of this beautiful countryside. It was a pretty incredible shot. Although I have something that I want to say about that here in a second. But after we get through that, about 20 minutes in... There's this moment where the crisis of the movie happens, right? That moment in the story that launches the rest of the movie and keep it, keeps you engaged. And it was the most emotionally impacting and therefore investing thing for me. I've seen in a movie in a long time. Really? It was, I, and I don't know if it was, I am guessing it was all these things together. I'm guessing it was the the score. The performance, Angelina Jolie specifically, the way she chose to handle this character in that moment—it um, deals with a very emotional thing that a lot of people, you know, uh, deal with. Just as being human, the idea of being misunderstood uh, is a very powerful emotion, and it also deals with when the people you love the most misunderstand you the most. And it's just, it was heartbreaking and heart wrenching and launched the rest of the movie for me in a really big way. Um, and because of that, I was invested and I, you know, I really wanted to see what would ha- happen. Then the movie takes us to pl- new places in this world and, and how I ripped on, I didn't rip on, but how I mentioned for Zombieland 2, I wanted to see something new and different and exciting. This movie does that as a sequel really broadens the world building and does it for a reason for a purpose. Uh, it goes into some things, um, that I'm not going to spoil here, but we'll just say, not only expand our understanding of our main characters, but also set the stage and the foundation for the final battle slash resolution, all those kind of things. So I just thought it was really well structured. It really kept me engaged. It hit me in all the places it needed to for me to be interested. And at the end of the day, I'm going, this is like a like this is disney taking the the sleeping beauty property and turning it on its head this is and, and then i'm thinking but this is kind of how i want them to do it right because this isn't sleeping beauty it's yeah. maleficent it's something new it's from that world yeah and sleeping beauty is in it you know but it's but it's something new so I really had a good time.
1: Uh, You'll have to forgive me if this is a really ignorant question. No, no, you're good.
2: I, I, like Andrew, have not seen
1: either of them. So I'm asking, you know, out of ignorance. Well, then I am
2: the Maleficent (laughs) expert in the room.
1: You're the guru. Is this uh, alternate history? Like, does it take the original Sleeping Beauty story and change it? Or is it just like a sequel to that movie? I have no idea how either of the movies uh,
2: Some from column A, some from column B. Um, It is. I thought it was from like Maleficent's perspective, exactly. like how she's not a really as bad shift. as she was okay. made. It's a perspective shift. Yeah. Um, you could you could say that it adds to the original if you imagine this perspective. However, if you go back and watch the original, I don't know that they that they line up enough that you could really say they're they're in the same timeline universe because there there are things about Maleficent in Sleeping Beauty that contradict. How we're seeing Maleficent in these movies, but you yeah. could also say those movies were from a a fear perspective of you know the people who were the good guys in those movies. So if you allot for the idea that perspective changes truth, then yes, I think you could see them in the same way. Is
1: there more story to tell? Like these two movies take place in the same mm-hmm. amount of days as the Sleeping Beauty original movie, or the
2: the first one is more uh around the original mythos of sleeping beauty okay this one goes to completely new places okay gotcha so yeah andrea did you have any, any questions you want how's michelle pfeiffer she's great really oh yeah she's absolutely great uh and uh chuyatel uh, edgy of four yep. is in this as well doing good work um el fanning is still perfect for sleeping beauty uh, or Aurora, that is correct. Uh, and Angel- Angelina Jolie is so great, and I, I heard somebody say, and it kind of blew my mind. She hasn't really been in anything in like a decade, which is like, like what? She turned to directing, right? Yeah, so. exactly. So, and I, and I, I, that's an estimate. I don't remember what they said exactly, but it's been a long time since she's actually um, acted in something, and I think she does does a great job with it. So, yeah, there's a lot here. Uh, that I enjoyed. The thing I wanted to mention about that first sweeping, beautiful CGI one shot uh, that I mentioned is my wife was blown away by it and just it was IMAX, big screen, looked gorgeous. But last weekend, um I got a chance to see Gemini Man in HFR. Oh, so the, yeah the last movie I saw was hFR three d plus. Um, So I think it was 60 frames per second in each eye uh, at the theater we saw it in. And I I remembered this happening last time after it happened. Everything looked blurry to me in this movie for the first 20 to 25 minutes. In this one? Yes. Even in those gorgeous sweeping, you know, shots, I was like, oh, where's the sharp, like, you know, like, clear that up for, like, it looks so blurry, and my wife thought I was crazy, and I remember it, my mind had shifted in, while watching Gemini Man, to accept kind of that looking through the window view that HFR provides you, and I just, I... I, and I again, I know most people again, change is tough, and HFR is weird looking, and we don't want to watch it that way. Or some people feel that way. Uh, although more people are saying with Jim and I, man, that they actually enjoy it, which is which is kind of cool. Um, but for me, I just I want every movie in HFR. There's just it's just the colors and the beauty and the I just I'm ready for it. But. um but yeah, it was it was kind of an interesting experience. It took me again about twenty to thirty minutes before I was like, "Oh, that's right. This is what movies look like." <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> Which is okay. It's okay. You'll get used to it again. But uh, wow. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm probably the weird one on that. So well, but, now yeah, you got me intrigued to go and see some HFR. Oh man, Jim G- and I man in HFR was as as much as we didn't like that movie, it's it's well worth seeing if you can find a theater that's showing it that way.
3: What for the the one scene? for the, all of it
2: the uh-huh. whole thing it's just it's its kind of mind blowing uh, and mm-hmm. very well done
3: I wonder if the Avatar movies are going to be done in HFR yes they I are.
2: mean that's always been James Cameron's plan to do 120 yeah. that, thats we'll see exactly how it happens that's so. exciting uh, any other questions about this movie or anything else you want to know
3: um, is it spoilers to ask if there's like sequel baiting uh,
2: no not really Uh, There isn't a lot of sequel baiting that's going on here. And there really wasn't in the first one either. Uh, It just kind of tells the story it sets out to tell, which I like. The one negative I will say, and it actually is a doozy for me, is this movie at the end has its big resolution. And it kind of does something which I, I, I wish more movies would do, but it doesn't do it in a great way, and that's to resolve and then end. Because any more movies will resolve and then resolve... And then another scene where they'll resolve. And then return another the scene King. Yeah, yeah. More and more movies are doing that. Yeah. And this movie didn't. But there's, because of the way they chose to resolve and get out, uh, it, it kind of made the end a little less powerful than it could have been. Abrupt. Yeah, a little abrupt and a little nonsensical, actually. Mm. So, um, yeah. Mm. I, can, I don't think I can tell you why without spoiling it. Okay, that's fair. And I will say of the two movies, this is the one I would be more likely to do a SIF spoil on, um, because there's more to talk about for me, but again, nobody else has seen it. So maybe we we do a combined SIF spoil, and we just tell people, you know, we'll throw some spoilers out for both of them. Yeah. Uh, Maybe do it that way, but... uh, But yeah, because I I, I kind of having this movie spoiled. (laughs) I was going to say I didn't think you probably would, so um, so maybe maybe we will do that. uh, Find that in your podcast feed as well. So sweet shares. Um, So there you go, a surprisingly uh, high review of a Maleficent sequel. Surprised me. I I mean (laughs) Disney's got my number. You know, I I guess that's uh, I'm I'm a shill. You know, Mm -hmm. call me a Disney shill. Because yeah. I tend to like their stuff. Well,
3: that's how I am with Stephen King, so I get it.
2: We, I just found we a, have our own. I just found Maleficent, so I'm trying to think of the words: um, enlightening and inspiring. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I wish more movies did that. I, I do, too. Yeah. I really I really wish that was more of a thing. In I mean, movies. it's been
3: at least 30 years since I've seen a movie do that. Yeah. 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 It's
2: tough to do. It's really tough to do. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our best ever challenge. But before we do, <gasps> thank you so much to our SIFPOP members. Uh, you guys are incredible. And thank you so much for keeping this... Pop culture experiment going for so long. Uh, It's because of you that we have the live show going now on YouTube. You can subscribe to Sif Pop on YouTube and watch that. Uh, It's because of you that the podcast keeps coming out each week. It's because of you that there are articles on Sifpop.com, you know, the best ever challenge. We have a corresponding article with, you know, for that every week. We've got reviews that happen there from our different writers. Uh, Check that stuff out. Uh, You are making it happen with your membership at Sifpop.com. Uh th- and just go to Patreon to do that so patreon.com slash sift pop starts at three bucks a month there's some other fun perks that come with it and uh, you can check out all the information there and thank you that's patreon.com slash sift pop it's like I popped that P sift pop yeah very nice alright best ever challenge movies that are sequels after a gap of at least ten years yeah buddy uh there are a lot of these yeah hollywood has no problem going back into the archives no like at all at all yeah uh we'll give you our number five through number one yep i'm gonna guess we've got a very similar top five i don't okay never mind then uh, why don't you start us off? What's your number five? Force Awakens. Yeah, I've got that at number three. Okay. So what's your number five? Uh, my number five is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Trump that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. We might have the same list. <laughs> just in different order. Yeah. Uh, what's your number four? Toy Story
3: three. I'm gonna trump that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my number four is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, uh, Trump. Well, it's my number three. So we'll just go ahead and let's just talk about it. <laughs> I told you we were gonna have the same ones.
3: Gosh, uh, man. All right, let's talk about Mad. Max Fury Road Um, wow the best Furiosa movie ever it's so long I think the last one was Beyond Thunderdome was Mm -hmm. the last Mel Gibson and I don't know if that's counting like I don't know if there's like non-canon Mad Max movies or whatever but regardless this movie is like just a testament to how to do an action movie Yeah, as many practical effects as you can and then fill in with CGI yeah Oh, this movie's so much fun to watch. I actually just recently watched it again, I think, like, either this past week or the week before. It's just so fun. I got a the, the big 4K TV and everything, mm-hmm. so I'm like, what movie should I watch on the big 4K? Like, I didn't just get the 4K, but I'm like, I have this 4K TV. Why am I not using it, you know? <laughs> Shall I utilize this yeah, piece of equipment exactly. in my home? So it was actually between... Blade Runner and Mad Max to nice. be the deciding factor. I'm like, well, I don't have three hours, so I'll watch Mad Max.
2: It's, Very cool.
3: And man, it's fun. The way that he uses like colors and stuff, how everything is so barren in that world, yet the environments that they travel to are so different. Mm-hmm. It's just great. And of course, Charlize Theron just killing it.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a really spectacular. Um, I I have not rewatched it in mm-hmm. a while but I should, Uh, I know I should rewatch more stuff. There's just so much new stuff out there. I get it. Always is at the top of my priority list. Um, but this is one I really would like to, to go back and rewatch. Cool. Um, my number three, by the way, is The Force Awakens, which I think you had at number five. Yep. So we can go ahead and talk about that. Yep. Uh, it came out the same year as Mad Max uh, Fury Road. Yeah, it was In a good fact, year. That was a good year for movies. Good,
1: good yeah. year for deserts. <laughs> it, was, it was a very good year. If
2: you, if you uh, lease out your deserts to Hollywood, man, that was a great year for you. How amazing is this movie? It's pretty great. It's I I am just I, amazed. It's not uh, top hundred of all time for me, but it's great. It is top hundred of all time for, it is me. for me too. And really? it, yeah. it's I, primarily because of Ray. I, Ray is one of the my favorite characters to be introduced in film in a long time. BB Eight is also one of my favorite characters to be introduced into film in a long time. As is Poe. As it, like I mean, it's like all these new characters are so. Engaging and uh, and compelling that I just I really dig what they've done with the, the universe and they did it in such a way where they didn't rely on the nostalgia of the characters we know that's what I was about to say they're in there yeah but they
3: aren't the driving force. I was surprised how much That's, I actually... That's a little bit of a pun there, just in case you didn't, <laughs> in case you didn't catch it. I caught you. Um, uh, I was surprised, actually, how much I left that movie going, you know what, I think I enjoyed these new characters more than, you know, I loved seeing Chewbacca, Harrison mm-hmm. Ford, and, you know, sure. Mark Hamill. And, yeah, it was just like, wow, these new characters. It, and I think it's the fact, and this is probably gonna get me some backlash i think kylo ren is the most fascinating villain star wars has ever made i don't know i don't think he's my favorite villain but as far as like his journey even in last jedi for as much as i don't like that movie his journey and like his struggles are still the most intriguing things about this new saga this new trilogy that we're working
2: on there are a lot of great Star Wars villains yeah. in the annals of Star Wars history, and of course, Darth Vader would be the mm. one to go to right away. Yeah, um, but you're right because he's so much more human right from the beginning. Vader was always beyond human, you yeah. know. Like there was, we come to find out about his humanity and who he is, yeah. but you know, at the beginning, it, he's kind of a. He's a he's a yeah. presence, you know, more than he is a person. Yeah. Um. So which, I see where which you're works from. for a
3: villain. And sure. I mean, if anybody's going to do the just an unstoppable force of fury, Vader is it. Yeah. Um. But as far as like digging in and finding the humanity and the complexities of what makes a villain really great, I think that's Kylo Ren.
2: Yeah. No, I'm with you. All cool. right. Uh, I'm kind of confused as to where we are now. I think we've got our. Have you done your number three? Um,
3: so I've said Force Awakens, which we just talked about. Uh-huh. Toy Story Three, which, which we haven't trumped, talked about, right?
2: And then Fury Road, which we talked about. Yes. So we're ready for your number two. What, what have we talked about? Your,
3: your. Well, you were four, going five, first. four, three.
2: Yeah. Well, we haven't talked about my number five. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you do your number two, which is where we are? Okay. <laughs> Casino Royale. Oh. Yeah. Trump.
3: No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I knew this one wasn't going to be on your list because I know another movie that is on uh, your list. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was surprised. Honestly, I was surprised you had cause, or, uh, Fury Road and Blade Runner. That's why I thought we were going to have very differentiating lists. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, Casino Royale was a 10-year gap? Between that and Die Another Day. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy, right? Yeah. I didn't realize 10 years went by without a Bond movie. Yeah.
3: Um... Man, and what a way to come back to the franchise, you know. Yeah. I mean, having a Bond that can get hurt was one of the most refreshing things about that franchise. Yeah, he's still the womanizer. Yeah, he still get the cool gadgets and everything, but not as the gadgets, they really toned down from where they were with the Pierce Brosnan. And Pierce Brosnan got ridiculous with his gadgets, you know, um, especially in Die Another Day where he had an invisible car. I mean, yeah. it, it, it just got silly. This one became way more grounded in reality. Um, the fact that you have it kind of playing homage to the original Casino Royale, you know, and the cool uh, Devonair presence that... um I'm sorry. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, thank you. I was choking on his name because he's such a (laughs) handsome man Um, that he brings to this role. was very refreshing.
2: All the things you say are true, except for that it was was four years between Die Another Day and Casino Royale. Are you sure? I mean, I just looked it up. Die Another Day was 2002. Casino Royale was 2006. Actually,
1: all of the Pierce Brosnan movies came out in less than 10 years, except for Goldeneye. <laughs> what did
2: I
3: look up? That, I don't know. Did I, I, might have actually, I, I might have accidentally looked up Goldeneye when I meant to look up Die Another Day. Oh, uh, okay. It's okay. It's okay. all right. It happens. So, I'm just going to move up my number six, which I know is your number two or number one. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So let's so, talk about Incredibles 2, shall so we? if that's the case,
2: we literally have the five save five movies yeah, in a different let's, order. Let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. Incredibles 2. Uh, let's talk about Toy Story 3 first. That's what I have at number two. Okay. Um, I uh, The Toy Story movies, I, it blows me away that all four of them have been so as amazing as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, Pixar did a really interesting thing because several of their movies, and of course we'll talk about another one next... We're like, no, nah, we're not. We're not ready to do sequels right out of the gate on these. And then down the line, there was like, you know, I think we can do a story on this. And how much was the money they could make? A you know, a inspiration for those stories, <laughs> probably quite a bit. Is that okay? I think so. Because we got great stories. But they wanted to do it right. They did want to do it right. And I I think that's pretty cool. And they're still making original films. You know, they're still doing original stuff. So I think that's great, too. But Toy Story 3 brought us back to this world, gave us a new experience. Oh, you're Um, doing
3: Toy Story 3? Yes. Okay, interesting. That's what
2: you had, Toy Story 3. I meant Toy Story 4. Oh, you meant Toy Story 4. Yeah.
3: I meant, like, the transition from Toy Story 3 to Toy Story 4. Because that's 10 years, isn't it? It nine.
2: Yeah, it's nine. So,
3: Toy Story 3 is pretty great, isn't it, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when they're all holding hands at the end, I mean, it gets me every time. It really does. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh I go back and forth on my order on the Toy Story movies, and there is so much at play in them. Um the, we, you know, if you do it by which ones are the most emotional, uh which ones get you the most. Toy Story 3 may be at the top on that. I mean, there, there's great moments in all of them, but
1: three is the best ending for all four movies for me. If personally. yeah, if you go
2: by best ending, which yeah. movie is it? If you go by nostalgia, it's the first one. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. there if you go by which one I wanna watch the most right now four it's probably four right like so i'm saying like i think four is the funniest out of all if of you them. go by fun that's what i'm saying you could you could rate the toy story movies in so many different ways and come up with a different answer um but yeah i i love toy story three so yeah it's good stuff <laughs> i'll get a correct list one day so
3: now we. Can my number one about- is
2: incredibles too yeah uh way to go brad bird yeah incredible stuff <laughs> literally <laughs> The guy, the guy does good work. Mm-hmm. I was
3: surprised how much I will. Say, I think I said this before. I like Incredibles two more than I like Incredibles one. Yeah. Um, I think that it's way more interesting. Um, I think Jack Jack is used perfectly. The Jack Jack v Raccoon thing is one of the funniest things ever. Yeah, it really the, is. Uh, the quote unquote light cycle. <laughs> I'll just say that the train chase is one of the coolest action sequences mm-hmm. of last year. Um, yeah, just a great movie. And it was so good how you f- was so
2: comfortable jumping right back in to this world. Yeah, and jumped right back in mm, to the story. To the story, ex- right where it left off, which I found a really interesting choice, um, which you can do with voice actors. Although I would argue that the actors are aging, you know, enough that you could kind of tell a little bit of a difference. Uh, I was just about to say I couldn't, but it, but it was. But it was good enough, you know, like it wasn't distracting uh, mm-hmm. in any way. So I mean, Jack-Jack should be 12 by now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. There's probably a different Jack-Jack. I, actually, I don't know that. I don't know who did the voice for Jack-Jack. Um, but yeah, so I, I really enjoy Incredibles too, uh, and he, he is my number one good sequel gap movie. All right, let's talk about some honorable mentions. Let's do it. Um, I've got about 10 of them. Uh, I got six. Alright, why so. don't you name yours?
3: Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Okay. I mean, I was so shocked how fun that movie was. Yeah. Shocked. Finding Dory. Yep. It's a great movie. Doesn't live up to the first one. Nope. But it's still fun. Still great. Boondock Saints All Saints Day. That one's just for me.
2: I was gonna say. I would
3: I didn't even know that one. Yeah. Um Escape from L.A. I had that one on my list, yeah. Snape Plissken's such a fun character. I mean, he's so basic, but Kurt Russell plays him to a T. Jurassic World.
2: Yeah. We're Jurassic World defenders here. We
3: are defenders of Jurassic World.
2: Not Fallen Kingdom. No, definitely not Fallen, not Fallen Kingdom. Kingdom. That's garbage. Just Jurassic World.
3: And then one that was so close to making my top five. Granted, I totally butchered my top five because I didn't know how long... T- <laughs> I didn't. I forgot how time worked, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Patron Legacy. Yes. Still the best scored that movie of all time. That was my number six. It's the best scored movie of all time. I'll call that right now.
2: I, I like that movie. I think it's really well done. Yeah. Um, do you have Rambo or Rocky Balboa on there? I thought, about, I thought I about putting Creed in there. Well, Creed was, wasn't was 10 years after the last Rocky movie, though. You sure about that? The Rocky Balboa was.
3: Uh, yeah, but I. Okay, I love the Rocky franchise. Mm hmm. I don't like Rocky Balboa. Well, see, then you wouldn't have put <laughs> yeah, it on there.
2: Exactly. Uh, Mary Poppins Returns. Mm, I enjoyed you that liked, movie. You yeah, liked it way more than I did. Fantasia 2000. Yeah, I never saw uh, Fantasia 2000. It's pretty interesting. It's, it's I mean, it's kind of a tech demo, yeah. experimental animation kind of thing. It's but Chernabog it's... back. <laughs> yes. Blum,
3: blah. That that gave me nightmares when I was a kid. Uh, Got to talk about Bad Boys for Life. <laughs>
2: Do you? (laughs) Well, Wait, is it
3: even out yet?
2: No, I don't think it is.
3: Okay, yeah. So you're cheating.
2: A little bit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Zoolander
3: 2, I enjoyed. I saw it, and I'm like, do I even want to put it on my honorable mention? I mean, it it gave me a few laughs here and there, but (laughs) like the whole Owen Wilson getting everybody he knows pregnant, even regardless if they're male or female, (laughs) it was hilarious. Yeah. But uh, other than that, it was just sequel baiting.
2: Uh, live free or die hard. It's another one worth mentioning. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> And that's why they didn't make our top fives. Yeah,
3: exactly. Uh, There you go. I mean, they're part of all the movies you listed, they're part of franchises that I love. It's just that the gap and then the sequel that actually came after Mm -hmm. wasn't good enough to actually make my list. I hear you. Even though I did put Boondock Saints All Saints Day on my list. And that's just a guilty pleasure movie.
2: There's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. You don't have to feel guilty at all, Andrew. If you like it, you like it. It's okay, man. It's all right. That's a
3: dangerous sentiment. You just you don't want to give me carte blanche on that.
2: All right, fair enough. All right. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's hit our buried treasure, Andrew. What's that uh, one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about?
3: Another Marvel comic series. Ooh. See, the thing is, I've read a lot of DC, so I'm going through the back catalog of Marvel right now. So that's why you see me always like promoting the Marvel ones right now. Mm-hmm. But this one, very fascinating little series that was only six issues long, called Trail of Tears. It is a Ghost Rider alternate history. Ooh,
2: little Nicolas Cage.
3: Yeah, not so much. (laughs) Because this is following not Johnny Blaze, who is my favorite Ghost Rider. If you didn't know, there are many people who have held the mantle of Ghost Rider. The spirit of vengeance has... Uh, I guess you could say possessed many, a mortal. This one follows Caleb, who this is post-Civil War. He was a uh, freed slave who bought his own freedom. He was murdered by some Confederate, uh, uh, I guess guess it's post-Civil War, so like some post-Confederate soldiers. And him and his friend go on a revenge spree. Fascinating story. Interesting, you know, little time period. I highly recommend it. Like I said, it's only six issues long. The art style is great. And, uh, yeah, I always thought uh, Ghost Rider was a fascinating character.
2: Very nice. Yep. What Uh, you got? My Buried Treasure is a new Netflix series that just dropped, uh, starring Paul Rudd, as well as Paul Paul Rudd, Rudd. (laughs) Uh, Living With Myself. I didn't know this came out Or Living With Yourself, actually, I think is what it's called. Um. Yeah, dropped a couple days ago, and I thought I'd check it out, and I couldn't stop watching it. Eight mm-hmm. episodes, uh, varying lengths, like they often do on Netflix, and it is really good. Would you
3: say you Johnny blazed through the whole thing? <laughs> Johnny blazed
2: <laughs> through the whole thing.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. I love this show. Um. Part of that is Paul Rudd. Huge Paul Rudd fan. Yeah. Love his personality. Such a lovable guy. Love what he does. I love both the characters he's playing here that are the same character, but also different characters. Yeah. uh, Without getting too much into the plot. Um, I love the message of this movie. There's a beautiful metaphor here about um, relationships, about marriage. Um, About our own interaction with people in our own kind of dual personalities we can have with people in this case those dual personalities are the personalities of a relationship as it begins in a relationship as it's aged Um, and I think anybody who's been in a long term relationship will find a lot of things here that feel very real and very meaningful. And the the show, I almost called it a movie because it feels like a movie to me. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of watched it like a movie. That's the interesting thing about these these short season Netflix things. Yeah, you figure they're twenty <laughs> to thirty minutes long, eight of them. It kind of is just a long movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and so uh, there were a lot of moments in this where I found myself really touched by what was going on, and at the same time cracking up at the the way it was done. Now. The only negative for me was there were a couple moments where the humor turned from the type of humor that I felt went well with this tone to more of an over-the-top, ridiculous style of humor. There were a couple of scenes where it was like, okay, now this feels more like... And not that these things are bad, but it's a different tone of humor. slapstick Well, it feels more like uh, 22 Jump Street or, you know, something like that, where it's just like it's getting its humor for how ridiculous and over-the-top the characters are yeah. instead yeah. of its humor for how real and authentic it is and how much you're buying into these people. Um, and But that was only like once or twice in all of the eight episodes. And all the stuff directly relating to Paul Rudd, uh, to his wife uh, to his job situation all that stuff felt really authentic and very well done um, the the movie the show isn't afraid to be dark it isn't afraid to go to some real places and it isn't afraid to have that um, pathos you know yeah. that really it helps you invest in it so I, I'm loving it I absolutely cannot wait for another season of this. I think it's, it'll continue to be awesome. And by the way, that's not to say that there's sequel baiting going on here. There isn't. In fact, if this ended right now, I'd be happy because the way it ends is a perfect ending for what I saw as the themes and message of um, what was going on uh, here. So uh, it is one of those rare metaphorical pieces of art that works completely as a metaphor and also completely as an authentic real-world story that you can kind of... When I say that, obviously, you know, there's cloning involved that we don't know that this exists in this way. So how
3: does this stack up against, like, The Sixth Day or Multiplicity or any other
2: great cloning movie? It's got a little (laughs) bit of both in there. There's definitely a little bit of Multiplicity in here. Um, But Multiplicity is more uh, going for laughs as the priority and yeah. i think this is more going for the priority being uh, meaningful you know the well, i'm trying to think of good words um enlightenment uh, inspiration okay uh, something like that so well, that's I mean, what it's going for
3: it's 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 going for what really makes a yes. good, good cinematic. It may have experience. been directed
2: by Francis Ford Coppola. I need to check that, but yeah, uh, if not, maybe... then
3: maybe he just uh, <laughs> handed it off to Scorsese. You know,
2: yes. Uh, huge recommend. Huge, huge, huge. Oh, hey, you sold me. Uh, living with. Yourself, I believe is what it's called. Living yeah. with yourself. I, You know, I also want to give a huge shout out. There's and a I,
3: documentary on Netflix I really want to check out that just dropped.
2: Oh, which one? Because uh, I've been doing the nominations for the Critics' Choice Documentary it's Awards. something
3: about somebody getting uh, amnesia and their brother having to fill them in
2: on who they were. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm.
3: Let's see if I can find the name of it real quick while you're looking up your thing. This is going to be fascinating. Well,
2: no, I've already got my thing here, but what were you going to say, Phil? I was going to say it's a true story. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Living with Yourself is a true story of <laughs> uh, of a man who is cloned and No, I wanted to give a shout out to Aisling uh, B I think is her last name. It's it's uh, but and she plays Paul Rudd's wife in this and boy is she good. Whew. She's really good. And in the same way that Paul Rudd is believable, authentic and you care about him and he's also funny, she has all those qualities as what well. has she so, been in uh, uh, Not I mean Have he, you seen her in anything? I think I have, but I'm gonna to have to look up what I've seen her okay. in. She she seemed um, familiar, uh, but I haven't seen her in a lot. No, she really hasn't been in a lot that I've seen. It's called so. "Tell
3: Me Who I Am." Oh
2: yeah 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 okay. yeah yeah. That's good. You've seen it? Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, fun, 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 fun. Um, so there you go. We did it, man. We did. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, we we casted an enlightened and uh, inspirational pod. Yeah. It happened. I mean, if podcasts are cinematic experiences,
3: I mean, I think we've covered our bases. On yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. I
2: think Francis Ford Coppola would be proud of us. He should he yeah. would be excited <laughs> that uh, that this despicable piece of art exists. Yeah. Is that the word he used? Despicable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should t- we should uh, we should co-opt whatever the deplorables. Thing was, and be the Despicables. Yeah. Just be the Despicables. Yeah, there we <laughs> go. The Marvel fan base. <laughs> We're the Despicables. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media, where you can search for Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for coming and hanging out. I uh, got yeah. Um. Anything you want to chat? Anything you want to shout out? Uh, hi, people. I love you. Very nice. Huge thanks to Phil for producing the show. Phil, you got any shout outs?
1: No. Oh. I need to go see Maleficent, apparently. Yes. Maleficent?
2: Maleficent. Yes. I would love for you both to see it and tell me that I'm you know, either full of it or that actually I'm <laughs> correct. I would love to know because it's one of those experiences where you don't have the experience you were thinking you were going to have. And so then you're questioning yourself. You're like, did I just talk myself into this? Is or it maybe really you necessary? just typed
3: it up for Phil and I? Right. And then you're
2: not. You're never gonna like it as much as I did after <laughs> I hyped it up for you. Yeah. Anyways. Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. Gives you access to uh, every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks, including a monthly video hangout. You can find out more info at patreon.com/sifpop. Lots of ways to connect with what's going on here. You can comment, rate. Throw some stars at Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. We would love that as well. You can also email us, feedback at sifpop.com, if you have a question. Uh, Any question, send it our way. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too, so make sure you let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than brokering peace between warring factions in less than one hour. Next, we'll have a spoiler chat on both movies. I think in the same file, so we'll let you know which one's going first in case you want to hear one but not the other. But we really don't have a ton to talk about with both of them, so yeah, we'll it's go ahead and do quick. it. Go ahead and do it in one file in your feed, but that'll be coming your way next. And then we'll be on our Netflix talk next week. Ooh. We'll uh, review the laundromat, and I'll have an advanced look at the Irishman. Well, that's exciting. Thank you, Netflix. <laughs> you guys are the best. So inspiring.
0: We'll see you then.